Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. If you know me, you would already know this. I love going to the movies. I love just sitting in there and watching something. And uh, I like going to the football. I don't get to do it so often because we're always busy and we have small kids. And like Sunday we do church and that. So, But I love going to the football. But I've got to be honest, like all these things that I love to do for fun, they never really change my life. They're just things that I think are really entertaining. Unless I sit next to a Collingwood supporter, and in that case, my life is probably changed forever. And that's not always a good thing, but, but it doesn't really change my life. And uh, I think that sometimes, you know, people can sort of treat church the exact same way. You can come here and you can uh, enjoy it and sort of watch what's happening and walk away and be completely unchanged. Don't you find it interesting There's kind of like two groups of people that come into church. One group of people, they come in and they leave and they're transformed by what they heard. And then you have another group of people that would come into church and would sit and that they would listen, but they leave and they're no different. They're no different. They're completely unchanged. And I think to myself, why is that? How is it that some people are completely transformed and other people are not? Some people are totally changed and yet other people, they come in, they leave and they're they're exactly the same when they leave. I want to read a scripture to you guys this morning. I'm going to get you guys to do this at the back. I want to read a scripture to you this morning. And this scripture is out of Mark chapter 4, verses 10 to 12. It says that when he was alone, Those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. The he who is alone is Jesus. And he said to them, to use being given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. And may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Let's say should turn and be forgiven. I want to talk to you this morning about a message called I can see. Turn to the person next to you and say, I can see. All right, now look at the other person and don't say it like it's a surprise to you. Say it like you already know. Say, I can see. I can see. All right. So it's not a big surprise to you. I can see. All right, you ready? Let's pray. Father, We thank you this morning that you're in this place. We want to see. I do. I pray that God, that today you'd speak to us. I pray that God, this morning that we would hear and we would understand that we'd see and that we'd perceive. I pray God that this morning that we'd be changed by what you do in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Has anybody ever spoken to you before? And you didn't quite hear what they were saying because the music was too loud. All right. And when that happens, you may not realize it, but oftentimes you're just smiling and nodding the whole time. You have, and yeah, and you you know, everything is just like, oh yeah, that's great, right? But you have no idea what they're talking to you about. Am I the only person that this has ever happened to? I did this 
uh, on the weekend, we had a wedding to go to and, and I'm listening to people and I can pick up little bits and pieces, but I'm just kind of smiling and I'm nodding and I don't really know what they're saying. And this is a bad idea because you could basically be agreeing to anything, right? So you got to be careful. Husbands, all right, I want to talk to you this morning. Make sure you hear what your wife is saying, all right? Don't just get distracted and be agreeing. She could be asking you anything, all right? So make sure you listen and ask the questions so you know what it's about. Now, I remember when I first came to church, the first time that I'd been to church in a, in a long time. And I walked into the environment and I did not understand really much of what people were talking about. They were using words that I did not understand. And just like at a party when you can't hear people, well, I'm just sort of smiling and I'm nodding and I'm agreeing, but I really had no idea what people were talking about. I know that for me, I never want church to feel that way. And if you're here today and you don't really normally go to church, I hope that you understand everything that we're talking about today, because I think the church should be understood. I think that the message should be understood. I feel like every time you come into church, you should leave going, I kind of knew what that guy was talking about today. That was amazing and relevant. So I want that to be people's church experience, but that wasn't always my experience. And the scripture that we read today, just that little passage of scripture is Jesus in the middle of teaching a whole bunch of people. And people are gathered around them and he's teaching them these parables. And a parable is like a made up story that has one main point and it's designed to teach you something. And so these people, they've gathered together to hear what Jesus is saying, to hear what He's wanting to teach them. Now everybody is standing there and just like at a party, when people don't understand, people are smiling and nodding. And they're like, that's awesome. And so Jesus has done this big teaching about the about the sower, he's sowing seeds and all the rest of it. People are like, that's great. And the disciples are there and Jesus is looking at his disciples and they're like, this is great. This is like, Peter's like, this is one of my favorite messages, Jesus. I love to think about the seed. This is brilliant. I love this, right? The problem was none of them had a clue what he was actually talking about. No one understood and I love that Jesus, he didn't even set them up. He's like, well, Peter, why don't you tell us your favorite part then since you're enjoying this so much? Jesus doesn't really set people up to fail like that. But he knew that they didn't understand. And we know that he knew this because later on when they get alone, they have like this little powwow. They have this conversation when he begins to explain it. So he took them aside and explained it separately, but... When Jesus was teaching, I'm telling you, there were thousands of people that would have heard his parables and the stories that he would share. I mean, like thousands of people. And they would all show up. And you know why they showed up? It's because Jesus has this crazy ministry that really people have never seen before. And so they're showing up. You know why? Because last week they hung out with Jesus and he took two loaves and so, uh, five loaves and two fishes, and he turned that into enough food to feed 5,000 men. But if you want to add the women and children, you're looking at a group of, I don't know, like maybe 15,000 people. Now that is an impressive show to attend. That is certainly entertaining. You're like, you have got to show up. And if we run out of food, don't worry. Jesus has got this covered. Man, Jesus was the guy that you wanted to bring to your uh, parties. You definitely want to bring him to your wedding. There's a story 
And one time, all these people, they're, they're, they're drinking wine, okay? And they run out. And they're like, we've run out. This is terrible. What are we going to do? And Jesus turns water into wine. And they're like, this is the guy you want at the party. He's doing crazy miracles. People are showing up just to see what this guy might do next. They're impressed by the show. They're impressed by the miracles. Not to mention the fact that people are getting healed all over the place. So people are bringing him sick people and they're laying them at Jesus' feet. And he's like, get up on your feet and walk away and you're healed and all the rest of it. They're like, you have got to come to one of these shows, the Jesus show. The Jesus show is the best show on earth. This is crazy. You don't know what you're going to walk away with. And so they're showing up, man. People are getting delivered from demons. Like, I'm healed. I'm safe. People are like, that's so cool. Like all kinds of crazy stuff. People, stuff that people don't expect. Oh, I'm serious. And they're like, man, this is an amazing. you got to attend the Jesus show. The problem about the Jesus show is people are showing up sometimes for the wrong reasons. And they kind of left those amazing shows not really understanding the most important stuff that was going on there. They love what they could see, but they weren't really seeing what was important. They were looking at all the wrong stuff. Do you know I think churches like that? I think church can be exactly like that. People show up and they're looking at all the kind of stuff that is going on. They're watching and they're seeing, but they leave each week unchanged. Do you know that not just in this church, but in churches all over the world, on Sundays and Saturdays and sometimes even midweeks, people are preaching messages and there is a group of people sitting in front of them. And some of those people are leaving changed. And some of those people are leaving completely unchanged by what they saw and by what they heard. There's two types of people sitting in every audience. See, when somebody says to you, how was church on the weekend? And you say, well, you know, it was all right, but the lighting was a little bright. I like it when it's a little bit dull, especially in the altar calls, very spiritual moment. It increases the presence of God. We just dim the lights a little bit, you know. I feel like they could have done that a little bit sooner. Yeah, it was, I mean, church was all right, I guess. But my, I ordered a long black. It was too hot for me. I ordered a soy latte. It wasn't strong enough for me. How was church? Man, church was all right, but I had to park kind of far. I had to walk down the drive. I don't like to walk. I don't like exercise, you know. How was church? you know, church was okay, but there was all this other stuff that sort of got in the way. Ah, you know, it's like the volume was a little bit too loud for me today. I don't know. I don't know. Just a little bit. I like a few less decibels, you know. I don't like the guy's slide presentation, you know. He didn't work very hard on that, you know. It's like, I don't know. I, I, church was okay. If you see all that stuff, someone asks you, how was church? And that's the stuff that you think about. And that's what comes out of your mouth. Get ready to leave unchanged because you're looking at the wrong stuff. You're not paying attention to what's really going on. And all the stuff that you see is becoming a distraction for the main message, the main part for what God actually wants to do. Can you imagine spending your whole life and looking at the wrong stuff? 
A person that spends their life coming to church and and looking at the wrong stuff is a person who's going to live their life and they're not going to be transformed by what they hear or or by what they see. Do you know, when I was a kid growing up, my mom used to have this saying, and it went like this, there's none so deaf as those that will not hear, none so blind as those that will not see. I wasn't really listening. I didn't really know what that meant. I didn't really pay attention to it. I knew she didn't come up with that. And it was actually a guy, Matthew Henry. You can look him up. He wrote commentaries on the Bible, but that's what he came up with. And I would think about that sort of later on in life. And I realized, you know, that's true. There are people that actually choose to see because they want to see. And there are people that choose to hear because they want to hear. But it's amazing how people can be both deaf and blind and yet have eyes and ears that work completely fine. And I realized something about Jesus is that Jesus reveals to people that want to see and hear. He reveals truth to people that want to see and want to hear. He just talks to the people that care enough about it. Did you ever wonder why he's doing that parable and he's sharing it with everyone? And then why does he pull aside his disciples to speak to them separately? Let's read that next, the next slide. Let's bring that up. This is what Jesus said in John 15, 15. He said, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. The reason that Jesus shared it with His disciples because they actually had a relationship and they wanted to know what He was teaching. They weren't just there for the show. If you want to hear more, Come on, can we just do this for a second? Who wants to hear more? All right, just put your, leave your hand up if you want to see more. All right, if you want to see more, and if you're the kind of person that wants to hear more, you need to get with Jesus. And there's just no two ways about that. It's not, you can't have the microwave version. If you want to see more and you want to hear more, you need to get with Jesus. You need to spend time with Jesus. Now, I'll tell you the truth. I love listening to preaching. I love listening to sermons and messages on my iPhone, you know, I podcast stuff sometimes. I listen to it in the car. I love listening to sermons. I love listening to preaching. I love going to I love going to conferences. I do, and sitting in that environment and listening to what people say. I think it's awesome. But every time I do and I go, that's really cool. I'm listening to what someone else heard when they got alone with Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live the rest of my life getting what everyone else got. I want to live a life where I begin to see and I begin to hear what God actually wants to say to me because something happens when you spend time with God. Are you, are you ready? This is what happens. You actually get it. Do you know what I'm saying to you today? Can you hear me? Can you see what I'm saying? I'm saying that you actually get it. Because sometimes someone's going to come to you and they're going to explain something that they heard in their prayer space when they got alone with Jesus and you're not going to get it because they got it. But then you spend time with Jesus and He speaks to you and you get it. Because what you get from God, people don't really talk you out of. When you get something from God, you don't need to come along and scratch your head and explain it because Jesus has this great way of talking to you in a way that you hear and understand. So if you're always trying to live through the revelation that other people get, 
man, you're not seeing and you're not hearing like you could be. Uh, last year, my family and I, we went up to the Northern Territory and we we're in Alice Springs. It's like five o'clock in the afternoon or, you know, nighttime. And we're going out for dinner. And at the restaurant where we were, they had bouncers. It's like, I don't know if I want to eat in a place where you need bouncers at a restaurant, you know. And so I'm seeing these bouncers and I wonder what they're there for. And then I see this group of people that come over that are just kind of hanging around all the people that are eating outside. And I don't really understand, but then the bouncers come along and they sort of try to get rid of them. And I'm, I'm watching what's going on. And I, I realize something, that this group of people that come over, they're the people with, without money. They're the homeless people that don't have food. And what they're really doing is they're asking people while they're eating, are you finished with that? Could, can, if you're finished with that, can I please eat the rest of your meal? But the bouncers don't want this, you know. So they say they want these people because they want their diners to just have a great experience without having someone come and ask for their food while they're eating it. So the bouncers are there to keep these people away from asking for food. And I thought about that. And when it came time for me to order my meal, guess what I did not do? <laughs> I did not walk up to the people that were eating and say, do you mind if I just have the rest of what you're eating. Do you mind if I finish it? Why well, I didn't do that. Do you know why? Why would I ask to eat what the chef has prepared for someone else? Why would I want to eat what's being prepared for someone else? And here is my point. Don't live hungry asking for scraps when God's prepared to speak to you Himself. God wants to speak to you. You've got a, a, a chef in heaven that wants to prepare a meal for you. Why would you go and ask for the meals that's being prepared for everyone else when you realize that you could go? What does he say? I, he who has not money can buy bread. I'm telling you, God wants to speak to people, but Jesus only tells the people that want to know. He only tells the people that want to know. You know, at the time that Jesus is sharing this parable, and speaking to people. He's not telling them everything. Because you know what happens if he tells them everything. His ministry is going to be cut short. They're going to kill him. So he's not telling everyone everything. Jesus is not an oversharer. You know what an oversharer is, right? A person who shares something with you tells you that they have a rash. An oversharer shows you where it is. <laughs> Even if they have to remove items of clothes, you're like, oh, come on. You're an oversharer. We don't need that much detail. No, I don't want to see your iPhone. Don't take a picture. Come on. That's an oversharer. Jesus is not an oversharer. He's not telling everybody everything. He's telling people what they need to hear because there's two groups of people sitting in his audience that day. Two groups of people. He said to those outside the kingdom, and as soon as I read that, I realized, well, man, if he's talking to people outside the kingdom, then he, there must be people inside the kingdom because that's how he's drawn the line, people on the outside and people on the inside. By the way, if you think this morning as you're sitting here that you might be a person who's on the outside and you're like, well, how come that's so exclusive? Believe me, it's not. It's not exclusive. In fact, if you ever on the, find yourself on the outside of the kingdom and you want to get inside, 
Jesus spoke about that. He said, I'm the door to get to the inside. I'm the only way to God. I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father or the kingdom of God except by me. So if you're here today and you go, that sounds a little exclusive. It's more inclusive than you realize. Jesus actually wants you on the inside, but you get to make that decision yourself. So if you want to be on the inside, you just knock on that door and say, Jesus, I'm coming. He opens the door. He lets you in. There's two groups of people. Not everyone sort of knocks on that door. The outsiders get the parable that points to the truth. They get a story that alludes to it. Do you know what? I read what a commentator said about this passage. They said the reason that Jesus didn't actually tell people what the parable meant, what the parables meant, is that they didn't want to listen. And Jesus knew it. So he said, what am I going to tell these people that don't want to listen? The outsiders get this. They get the parable that points to the truth. But do you know what the insiders get? The insiders, we just read this. The insiders, they get revealed secrets. To you is revealed the secrets of the kingdom of God. They get the secrets. I started thinking about this. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many secrets I have in my life. How many secrets would I have? How many secrets do I not know about? Because I haven't spent time with Jesus. Because I haven't taken my circumstances into the throne room of God. And what God actually wanted to do with my situation is a secret and will forever remain a mystery to me because I didn't take my circumstances in there. It's a secret to me what God wants to do. Why? I'm not spending time to hear from Him. I wonder how many secrets I have. I feel like when I get to heaven, I'm going to get up there and he's going to say, boy, I would have done so much with you. You didn't take the time to find out. Start to think about this. What is a secret to me? What is God doing right now? And I have no idea about, because I'm just not spending the time. I wonder what I'm hearing, but I'm not understanding. I wonder what I'm, I'm hearing but not understanding. I wonder what I hear in the world around me, but I don't understand what God is doing in that situation. I wonder what I'm, I'm seeing. I wonder what I'm seeing, but I'm not perceiving right now. What's going on in my life? I, started to, I honestly started to think about this. I thought, man, I wonder if I was to get alone with Jesus like the disciples did, and I spend that alone time with Jesus, what I would begin to see, what I would begin to hear, what I would begin to understand. I started thinking about this and I thought, how do you tell someone that doesn't even know the secret exists, that it exists, that there is something else? I started to think about people that are blind and I thought, how does a blind person, if they're born blind, even know that they are? How would you explain sight to someone who's never seen? What would you say? So I actually Googled it. I said, what, how do blind people know that they're blind if they're born blind? Like, how do they understand? And I read this story about this uh, woman, and she said that she didn't really understand that she was blind until she was four years old. Because when you're born blind, you figure that everyone else is the same as you. And it's not until you're old enough to understand that someone can begin to explain to you that 
some people can see and other people can't see. And she said it wasn't until she was about four years old and in kindergarten and everyone was running around and moving a lot quicker. She noticed some differences between her and everyone else. And I thought, you know, that's true. That makes sense. A blind person can really only know that they're blind when someone else tells them. Because you're not going to figure it out on your own unless someone tells you. I thought, I reckon the, the secrets to the kingdom of God, they probably work the same way. Because I don't understand it's a secret until someone from the outside comes and tells me and they say, can I tell you something that you've been blind to that God actually wants to show you? I want you to listen to something that God wants to say to you that you never heard before. Because you weren't listening, you actually need someone from the outside to come and begin to speak to you. You've got to understand something. When Jesus reveals a secret, you see something you've never seen before, which means this today. If there's any kind of situation in your life that you're scratching your head about right now, Jesus might actually have the answer. There are things that could be happening in your world right now and you don't even know about them. You actually need Jesus to come and tell you something you've never heard, you've never seen, you've never understood to give you a different perspective. And it's one that you can't get on your own because right now to you, it's a secret. So you need Jesus to come and actually say that to you. I started thinking about this. I thought, man, this is a really big deal because I suddenly realized that there are times in my life when I choose not to see. I choose not to see when I don't bring my circumstances to God. That's when I choose not to see. When something happens in my life and I don't understand why, and I can't figure out what God's doing in it, I choose to keep my perspective when I don't take my situation to God. I choose to continue to believe what I've always believed unless I invite God into my situation and into my circumstance and begin to get Him to speak to me. And I realize something, I don't want to live life that way. I don't want to miss out on the secrets of the kingdom of heaven because I was too busy to get with God, to spend that alone time with Jesus and begin to figure it out. I had a friend of mine and he was uh, in the military and uh, years ago, we were at the Royal Melbourne show and he was in charge of this tent where they were using night vision. And so he said, when no one else was around, he said, do you want to come back with me and we can just mess around with this stuff? I said, yes. So we got the night vision and we, we took it and uh, we are fumbling our way through this tent to get it because we came from the other side and we're trying to go up to the front because we back entrance right so we're trying to figure out where it is we can't see you know why because it's dark because people are about to use the night vision right so we're fumbling around man when we got that night vision when we turned it on I could see like it was daylight I could see everything I could see my friend I could see I could see the tent I could see patterns on the wall I could see all of this stuff and I thought to myself man people they can live like life like that. It's not until God comes and suddenly shines a light in your life that you realize there was some stuff in there that was a secret to you. 
I've realized that actually when you're just living your life and going through the daily cycle of life, what you see can sometimes still be in the dark. Do you understand what I'm saying today? Is what you see can sometimes be in the dark. Like you see something and you think you know what's going on. You have no idea what's going on because you, it hasn't been revealed to you. God hasn't actually showed up and illuminated something to you. What you need is God to begin to speak and to begin to light up things in your life so that you say, oh, I know what you're doing. I understand it. I get it. Do you know if you're a person who follows Jesus that what you're actually supposed to be doing is to be walking by faith and not by sight? What does that mean? It means that sometimes you're going to see stuff in your life and it's going to be contradictory to what you've heard from God, maybe. It's going to be contradictory to maybe what you expected. And so even though you're seeing everything unfold, you're still in the dark. You're still in the dark because you don't know what God's about to do. You don't know where God's about to go. You don't know what he's going to, uh, what season, next season he's about to usher and bring into your life. It's amazing how people can be living and looking at everything that's going around them and be completely in the dark at the same time. It means that we shouldn't be people that are natural, led by our natural sight. That when you see something in the natural, you say, okay, I see that. That's going on. It's a little confusing to me right now. I don't understand, but actually... I'm going to get God's perspective on this situation and that might actually open my eyes. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. If you're the kind of person who always lives by what they see in the natural, i got a feeling about you. i got a feeling there's going to be a lot of secrets in your life. And here's the crazy part. You're not even going to know about them. Because when it's a secret, you can't know. So you've got to go to God so that you're not led in the wrong direction and you get that insight from Him and you begin to make decisions. I wonder what you see in your circumstances. I wonder what you see in your circumstances. I wonder what you see. Oftentimes when people look at their circumstances, they can see what's being done. They can't see what God's about to do. It's perspective. I wonder what you see when you look at other people around you. I realize this about me in one of the prayers I pray. I say, oh, give me eyes like Jesus. Because I want to see like Him. Because honestly, I realize something about me and Jesus that we look differently. We see the world differently. Because if you ask me, I'll tell you the truth. Jesus picked 12 guys that were hopeless to usher in the kingdom of God. If you ask me, who are the guys Jesus shows up? Who are the guys that Jesus should go for? The Pharisees, of course. They're the, the religious people. They're the ones that have already got a head start. You don't have to bring them up to speed. They already understand about it. Clearly have a heart for God. They're serving in the temples. What does Jesus do? He looks differently at people. See, I reckon sometimes what we do is that we see what we think people are capable of. And we see the history that's attached to them. And we see the circumstances that surround them. And we say, I think I know how far this person can go. But Jesus doesn't have that problem. 
Because when Jesus sees, He sees beyond the circumstances and the situation and He sees beyond people's pasts and He sees beyond their brokenness and He sees beyond their failures. And I've realised something about Jesus is that He sees in a way that I want to see. I'm a pastor of a church, man. If I gotta know something, I've gotta, I gotta see in people what Jesus sees in them. Because I don't wanna live my life limiting what's happening around me because I think I summed somebody up because I know where they came from. Jesus doesn't live it like that. Jesus picked the wrong guys. 12 guys that really were just, these guys are losers, man. They hang around with Jesus, but when time got tough, they ran. They couldn't stay awake with Him. When He said, guys, could you just pray with me a little bit? They're like, sure, comes back, they're snoring. What's wrong with you? Jesus picked the wrong guys. Jesus made mistakes all over the place. He got this guy, Judas, did you know about him? I probably would have picked Judas. He's a sharp operator. He can read people really well. He's good at relationships, you know, good enough to deceive everyone else. He he seems like a smart, sharp guy to me. Man, Jesus made mistakes. Jesus, He picked the wrong guys. I realise Jesus doesn't see like I see. I want to see like Jesus sees. I want to hear like Jesus hears. You remember something that Jesus said? He said, I only ever do what I hear my Father doing. I only ever do what I see my Father doing. Man, Jesus is doing everything because He sees God in it. He hears God in it. I don't know about you. (laughs) I want to live my life like that. I want to see where God's at work in my life. I want to hear what God's about to do in the life of somebody else. I wonder what you see when you look in the mirror. You see yourself, your own reflection staring back at you. I wonder what you see there. No one is better at critiquing themselves than themselves. No one's better at that job. No one's harder on themselves than themselves. Look in the mirror, see the mistakes. Come on. You know you've been there. You looked at it. You looked at yourself. God, can I do this? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about me. I think you got the wrong guy. You chose the wrong guy. Jesus sees something in you that you don't see in yourself. You know why? Because he's he's not being misled by all your past. He's not misled by that stuff. He actually looks at you and he goes, oh man, oh man. You have no idea what I can do with your future. You have no idea and you're not going to see it either. It's going to be a secret to you what God can do with you if you always take your own perspective. If you don't see, if you don't hear what God says, if you don't lean in and if you don't listen to Him. I'm telling you, everyone, everyone has the power of hindsight. Everyone can look back and go, yeah, I knew, I saw that. I, I understand that. Everyone's got hindsight. I want foresight. I want to see looking forward. I don't want my path for my life or your path for your life to be dictated by what I've seen in hindsight. 
I want to get God's perspective on it. I want to hear what God has to say to me. I want to see what God's doing in my life. And when I get with Jesus alone, and I don't live through the scraps, and I don't live through the revelation of other people, and I get with Jesus, and I begin to speak to Him, man, I get it. I get something in that that doesn't get taken away from me because it got given to me by Him. I don't get it stolen from me. When I see and I've got God's perspective, I begin to see through my circumstances. No, I'm serious. Listen to this. Sometimes when all you got is your own perspective, you got a mountain in front of you and you look at it and you go, oh man, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never, I, I don't have the ability to scale this thing. It's too high. It's too big. It's too vast. It's too, I can't, I, I mean, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. When you get with God, you see through your circumstance, you go, yeah, I got a big problem right now. I, I'm not going to live and deny it. There's a massive issue going on in my life right now. But I see through this that there's something else you know why because I heard from God that there is life after this problem that there's something that comes after my circumstances that God can actually do something with me that God can do something with someone else why because I start to get his perspective when I see as Jesus sees when I see as Jesus sees my expectations begin to change boy did they begin to change because suddenly I'm not limiting what's going on in my world by everything that I see. I'm like, I'm only limited by God's ability, not mine. I'm like, what do you want to do in this circumstance? Because I'm out. Like I've hit the wall. I've got nothing, but I know you got something up there. So could you just begin to share it with me? Let me get into that closet. Let me get into that prayer space. Let me begin to ask you, could you just give me a bit of a download on this situation? I'm going to see through my circumstance. My expectation is going to begin to rise because I'm only limited by what you can do, God, not what I can do. When I see like Jesus, I'm telling you, my life changes. I see differently. I understand differently. When I see like Jesus, I know how I'm really doing. I know how I'm really doing. I know how I'm really doing. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people out there that are getting robbed left, right and centre and they have no idea about it. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time that God ever came along and encouraged you? Can you remember the last time that God said that He was proud of you? If you're a parent, how often do you tell your kids that? What's the last God, time God ever told you that He loved you? It's that kind of thing. If God's not telling you that He loves you or ever that He's proud of you, there's this entire part of God that you're missing right now because you've got to understand He's a great encourager of people. So if the voice that you always hear in your head is the criticism and critiquing of your life, I'm telling you, there's a big secret coming for you. Because God, if He had you in a room for five minutes, man, do you reckon He's going to hang all your past on you? As far as I know, and I understand that my perspective is limited, but as far as I know, I believe that there was a time when God said, I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to remove it. As far as the East is from the West, I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to put it all the way over here. You reckon if God got you in a room for five minutes, He would use that time to belittle you, to take you down a peg, to shut you down, to speak 
speak failure over your life. Let me tell you something, man. If God had you in a room for five minutes, he would, here's His opener. Oh, I love you. Do you know what I say to my kids? Man, I didn't see my kids for like a day and a half. When I saw them, man, I was all over those kids. They're like, Dad, put me down. I'm like, I can't. I love you. I love you. You reckon Jesus feels any different? He's a better father than I am. He's a better father. When you spend time with God, you know how you're really doing. You can't keep listening to your own self-critiquing and projecting that onto God and saying, God, I must be the biggest disappointment in your eyes. You're not seeing like Jesus. See, here's the thing. If you actually began to see like Jesus, you would see that the righteousness of Christ is in your life. Not because you're amazing, because He is. But if you, I imagine God looking down, seeing the righteousness of Christ on all of His children. Now I'm starting to see like God. When God looks down and He sees people that are broken, He sees people that have got issues in their life. He sees the foolish, the weak. He uses those things to confound the wise. He uses those same things, the weak, the shame, the strong. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I wanna see like Jesus sees. I wanna hear what God has to say. And I know when I do, it begins to transform and change my life. Man, not only my life, it begins to transform lives of people around me. Because when I look at people, I go, oh man, I see something awesome in you, Phil. Man, I see something awesome in you, Phil. I see a man of God right here who's gonna lead his family in an amazing way. I see good things in your life. I see that in you. I see it's somebody who, if we put responsibility in your hand, anything we give to you, you're gonna succeed in because you're faithful, you're good, you know who you are. You're an awesome man of God. See, that's the thing I can begin to see in the lives of others when I begin to see with Jesus' eyes. Do you wanna see like Jesus sees? You wanna be limited by your own perspective? Just put your hand on one more time. Just tell me so I know I'm making sense here. Do you wanna see like Jesus sees? You want to speak life into people the same way that Jesus speaks life into people. When I see like Jesus sees, I tell you something, I begin to understand what God is doing. Because I'm telling you, I'm limited when I see what I can see. But when I see what Jesus sees, when I see what God sees, when I see what God wants to do, I get a picture of the future. I get a picture. I hang on to that. I wonder all of this, All of this, all of this I get when I get alone with Jesus. When I get alone with Him. I can't can't get this from anyone else. I can only get it from Him. (laughs) Why do you think you have so much trouble spending quiet time with God? Why do you think that you're always so busy? Anything to prevent you from being alone with Jesus because when you're alone with Jesus all the stuff I'm talking about it begins to unravel it begins to unroll and then you know what the the passage if I'm going to be true to what the scripture said today something else happens the very last passage what does he say he says that they may indeed see but not perceive they may hear but not understand lest if they did they should turn and be forgiven turn and be forgiven you know what that is it's repentance It's this word that actually means I was headed this way. I I thought I knew where I was going, but then God called me 
and I heard and I turned from where I was going and I began to walk in another direction because I heard the voice of Jesus calling me. And what happens is, is when people begin to see, when people begin to hear, they change the direction that they were going. I wonder how many people are sitting in front of me right now who need to change the direction that they're going because they need the voice of God to begin to speak into their life. You just need to see, you need to see. You need to see what God is about to do with your life. You need to see what God wants to do with your future. If you're with me, say Amen. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you stand to your feet? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.